What does God say about divorce? A friend of mine recently preached a sermon on divorce that lasted 49 minutes. Afterwards, I tried to learn from his experience. I asked him, if you could do it again, what would you do differently? And he said just two words, preach longer. I get that. The Bible has so much to say about marriage and divorce, about causes for divorce and what to do after divorce, about what God thinks of the divorce. There's so much to say. And whether you've been in a difficult relationship, whether you are divorced, whether you love someone who's thinking about filing, there's so many questions, aren't there? Is God okay with this? Is the church okay with this? What if he hit me? What if she cheated on me? What if he's drinking? What if she's flirting? What if he stopped trying? What if the kids are in the middle? What if your heart's broken? What if there are no feelings, no love, no affection? What does God say about that? This week, I want to try to answer those questions with you. We can't dig as deep, perhaps, as we'd like to, but but I want to give you a start of a discussion. Where in the Bible do you go when you want answers about divorce? And I want to leave you with this passage today. John 1.14 says, Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. Whatever Jesus says to us about divorce is full of grace and truth. It's true, which means we can trust it. Our culture might say this, our feelings might say that, our our family might suggest this, but whatever Jesus said is is true, we can lean on it and not on our own understanding. And we also know that Jesus is full of grace, of undeserved love, for people who are struggling, for people who have said things in a relationship they wish they could take back, even for people who've been divorced. I hope you can join us this week as we dig into God's word to find answers about divorce from the Jesus who is full of both grace and truth. What does Jesus think about divorced people? You don't have to guess the answer to that question because the Bible gives it. Maybe you've heard the story of when Jesus met with the woman at the well. who wasn't just in a bad marriage and she wasn't just divorced. She had been divorced so many times that if one more happened, she would have needed two hands to count them. Here's this multiple times divorced woman and the divine Lord sitting down at the well for a conversation. And you know what happens? Jesus is full of grace and truth. He's full of truth. He has something to say about divorce, about this woman's heart. He cares about her. He cares so much that even if it gets awkward, even if he has to to ram this topic into the conversation, he he needs to talk to her about divorce because he's full of truth. Divorce hurts people. Divorce never happens without sin. He wants to know what's in her heart that she keeps going from man to man and divorce to divorce. He's full of truth. But he's also full of grace. In fact, one of my favorite passages in the Gospel of John is one you might skip. John 4 verse 4 said, Now Jesus had to go through Samaria. Any first century Jew would have read that and said, No, you you could walk around Samaria. In fact, most of us do, but, but not Jesus. He had to. Why does the Bible say that? Because he had to let this divorced woman know that God was full of grace. That being ostracized as a five-time divorcee did not disqualify her from the grace of God. And maybe Jesus had to speak to you today for that same reason. Maybe this seems like a coincidence that, that you and I are talking right now, but maybe Jesus wanted to make so clear that even if you've been divorced twice, five times, God is full of grace. There is still love. There is forgiveness. There is a place at God's table with your heavenly Father No matter what happened with your marriage, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And guess who's in the world? 
divorced people, you. So come to Jesus with your questions and know this, that whatever he says, it will be full of grace and truth. It will be full of incredible love for people just like you. But pastor, what if I don't feel anything for him? I hate it when I hear stuff like that. When a couple wants to come to counseling and they sit cross-legged on opposite ends of the couch and one of them drops that bomb, I, I don't feel anything. I don't, I don't feel in love. There's no affection. There's, there's no desire. There's nothing. Pastor, what should we do? I hate those moments because I know that divorce is just one small step away. But I always try to give people the same message when, when they have no feelings for the one they married. I talk to them about fruit and I talk to them about trees and I talk to them about seeds. The fruit, I say, is like feelings. You know, the feelings of affection, the feelings that our marriage is going to get better, the feelings that he really loves me, she really respects me. I said, those are beautiful. God wants that fruit in your relationship. But fruit doesn't just appear in the air. It grows on trees. And trees in a marriage are like trust. When you trust one another, when you can put your heart in your spouse's hands and you know that they won't smash it with a vice grip, when you know that they care, when you know that they're trying, when that trust happens, eventually that tree produces good fruit. Feelings come back. But trees just don't pop out of the ground. They grow from seeds. And the seeds are, are mutual submission, selfless acts of love. When you do what's best for another person, when you say you first because you love Jesus, plant those seeds, give those seeds enough time and trust will start to grow. And when trust is strong enough, feelings will come back. Maybe you're in a marriage where the feelings are gone and, and you're not sure if you should stick with it. I, I would say this, before you decide to stay or to go, to divorce or to not, sow some seeds. Show love and respect out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Now think of words like Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Why do you love God? Because Jesus planted a seed he said, you first. That's why we trust him. That's why we have emotion for him and it's why we love him. And the same thing works in our marriages too. Sow seeds and eventually, by God's grace, the feelings will come back. Why does God hate divorce? The Bible says that, that God hates divorce. He doesn't hate divorced people. He doesn't hate it when a person files for a divorce if they have a good biblical reason, but he hates it when divorce happens. The book of Malachi gives us the answer to that question. Malachi 2.16 says, The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. So why does God hate divorce? Because it starts with hate. Now, that might seem strong. Maybe you know someone who's been divorced and they, they never hated their spouse. But, but think about this. In the Bible, to love someone means to do what's best for them. No matter how they're treating you, no matter how they're serving you, if they are serving you at all, it's to do what's best. That's love. Therefore, hate is to not do what's best. You don't have to spew vile words. When, when you stop trying, when you stop submitting, when you stop serving, that's hate and that does violence to the marriage vows. 
So often when we try to figure out divorce in the church, we have to ask the question, not just who filed for a divorce, but who decided to hate? Who stopped loving? Who, who turned to friends before their spouse? Who turned to alcohol before their spouse? Who turned to flirting, to cheating, to violence, to domestic abuse before their spouse? That's the stuff that God hates because it leads to a place that he hates. One flesh being ripped into two. That's the truth. I know it's hard to hear. Divorce doesn't happen without hate, without one person or, or two people who give up on trying to do what's best for one another. But let me remind you that our God is also full of grace. He is full of undeserved love. He's full of, of crazy compassion. And, and so maybe you've been hated. Maybe someone hasn't done what's best for you. I, I want you to know today that, that God, no matter what happened with your marriage, he loves. And even if you were the hater, even if for the first time now the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes to the sins you committed, God is so full of grace, it reaches down even to you. On the cross, Jesus cried out, It is finished. And he thought about sins just like that, just like yours, just like mine. So let's go back to those vows. Let's make a commitment to love. Let's ask God's grace to fill up our hearts that we can do what's best no matter what they give in return. That's what God loves. And that's why God hates divorce. What do I need to know about divorce? I asked the divorce man. I was about to preach a message to hundreds of people on the topic. And so I wanted to know from his perspective what I needed to know. And I won't soon forget his answer. He told me the sad story of his own divorce. Of years and years of a lack of love where two people stopped serving each other, where things fell apart. The feelings were gone, the trust was gone, the mutual service was gone. And so he went to his church and he went to his pastor and he, he tried to talk and the judgment and the verdict and the do this came lightning fast. Even more people in the church came to a conclusion that quickly. So what should I learn from your story? I asked him. And he came down to just one word. Listen. It made me think of James chapter 1 where Jesus' brother said, Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. If you're in my position, if if you're a spiritual leader or if you're a Christian and and you love someone who's thinking about a divorce, if it's your sister, your daughter, your best friend, uh, your roommate, your your coworker, can I encourage you to learn from that man's wisdom and be quick to listen? It takes months years, sometimes even more to get to the point of divorce. There's so much of a story, so much of a heart that we need to understand. And people really don't care what we know biblically about divorce unless they know that we care about their divorce. Be quick to listen. Or if you're on the other end of that conversation, if you've set in your heart that this is the path you're going to go, can I encourage you to listen to these words? Be quick to listen. To a pastor, to Christian friends, to family members who love you and love God, who care about your feelings, but they don't care about your feelings so much that they'll throw out the Bible passages that guide you to the best possible, most blessed position. I wish divorce never happened. I'm sure you do too. And God absolutely feels the same way. But in a world where marriage is hard, when things are difficult, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be quick to listen to Jesus who is so full of truth and be quick to listen to Jesus who is even more full of of grace. Hey friends, you may or may not know that Time of Grace Ministries is 100% donor supported. You know what that means? 
we wouldn't be here without you at all. Thank you. We're so grateful for the ways that you allow us to encourage others with the word of God and if God would move you in your heart to be able to, or to do that again, we'd, uh, we'd be so grateful. Click on the link below and you'll find more opportunities to support the ministry. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast and we'd love for this podcast to be a blessing to you in the days to come. So if you could share this podcast, subscribe so that every episode ends up in your feed or just leave us a review, we would love more and more people to hear this message so that their lives can be surrounded and blessed by the grace of God. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.